Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D. I think you're really going to enjoy the podcast today. We're honored to have Sam Vanderslice, All-American out of Cornerstone University, one of the best big men ever to play NAIA ball, over 1,500 rebounds, over 1,900 points, three of the top five uh, season records there at Cornerstone for rebounding, uh, won 117 games in his time at Cornerstone. But more importantly, what I admire about Sam is the way he played the game. He plays with poise and class and respect for the game. And I think that epitomizes small college basketball. So Sam, we're, we're really honored to have you here today. Why don't you uh, just start talk by about uh, how you ended up at Cornerstone? Yeah, honored to be uh, be here and talking to you on this uh, subject that's very near and dear to my heart, but basketball and uh, small college hoops. But uh, yeah, uh, Cornerstone was a uh, it's a school I heard a little bit about, and I actually went to a uh, a high school basketball tournament there my sophomore year of high school. And uh, our, t- our our team went there, and I just got in uh, just got done moving my sister into like a Division One college, Central Michigan University, and I showed up at Cornerstone for the first time, and uh, I remember coming home. Everything looked so boring. Everything looked uh, uh, it was so small. It was smaller than um, my high school campus almost. And um, I uh, as years went by, I um, I wasn't even planning on going to college. I didn't have great grades my first couple of years at Cornerstone at uh, my high school and then um and then I started to get getting a little bit better and better at basketball I grew a little bit more um and uh I ended up playing uh travel basketball be- this season before my uh senior year so AAU basketball that circuit and uh I played it just for fun I played it just to get better and I end up uh coaches end up talking to me and one of the first coaches was uh Cornerstone's coach Kim Elders uh legendary coach but I didn't even really know that at the time and so um my my coaches two of my assistant coaches both played at Cornerstone so they talked to coach about me and then coach ended up he was actually looking at another player that I am actually friends with today and he uh that other player went to Ferris, a Division II school, right up um, a little bit north of Grand Rapids, where we're out of. But uh, yeah, coach ended up uh, liking my game more, and uh, decided to talk to me after that. And after that, it was um, it was basically a match made in heaven. After that, we uh, I got in touch with them. I started playing open gyms at their campus, and I actually started working uh, their kids' camps. That's how I got involved with a lot of the players. You didn't realize when you were young that that you had a special talent. No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think I was a college basketball player. I never played AAU. I never had that great of stats in high school because um, of uh, people, not because of the people I played with, but uh, somewhat due to I had a, a couple of good players in uh, in my high school. So I uh, I only averaged I think ten points my junior year. I didn't have any coaches talking to me and then I played AU basketball and uh that's what um that's when I first started talking to coaches so then you get to Cornerstone and uh you meet a guy there named uh, Kyle Stienga who had a he had a uh he had some skill right this guy could play <laughs> play ball he, he could really play he could no he uh he's uh he's probably one of the best basketball players I've ever played against and I was very lucky to play with with him most of the time so he's uh he's a special player for sure Kyle scored uh over 3,000 points that's just amazing 
he he was a he's an amazing man. He's playing some pro ball now, right? Yeah, and he's now uh, over in France, um, playing some pro ball over there. I talked to him a little bit. He's really enjoying that. He's uh he's a he's one of those guys just in love with basketball, and that's what if he could do that all twenty four seven, he would. So I, he's doing really good over there. So. So then you guys, uh, Cornerstone, had a, a pretty good run with you and Kyle together. I think you, my opinion was watching you quite a bit uh, when you played with Kyle. You guys fed off each other. You could put pressure on the middle, and then, of course, Stienga could either go inside or outside, and they had to put a lot of focus on you inside, and that it was very symbiotic. Yeah, no, uh, we uh... – we definitely had a good game plan. That's something that was kind of dying out. Uh, and a lot of people didn't know how to defend it. Uh, most of the high, low post game and having two bigs and on the court at the same time, we, we're seeing a lot more of uh, uh, four, four out, one in, four guards, one, uh, one big player. And um, no, so we, we, we played together for nearly eight years. So we learned how to uh, learn how to operate with each other's games. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was successful at Cornerstone. And then uh, Sam, last year, uh, Kyle had graduated, and it seemed like you got double and triple teamed every night. Did that become wearing as the season went on? You just got so much attention. Yeah, it did. It got it got annoying at times, but um, it's something we really expected. Last year, two years, last year with Kyle, a lot of times it was, if either one of us caught in the post, we were getting double teamed, but... We learned and we uh, we got to uh, a point where we could use that as an advantage. We got a bunch of really good shooters around me um, uh, as my teammates last year, Tyler Baker and Christian Rodriguez, um, who who we just used it to our advantage. We when we swung the ball two to three times around the court, that's what was our main uh, goal. It really seemed to break the defense down because they uh, by the time it was the third time around, we we found them out of position more majority majority of the time. And uh, I could either make a quick move and they won't be able to double in time or they'd still be on the double team from the first time and uh, I'd be able to find an open shooter. So it's frustrating when you want to – when you feel like you have a mismatch in the post and you feel like you can score and then they, they send two or three more people over. But uh, it's really just a testament to Coach Elder's uh, basketball knowledge and using that to our advantage. Well, you obviously did something right. 20, 26 victor, victories last year. Yeah. So, Kyle, I have a question for you. Pacific yep. Union, I think mm-hmm. your sophomore year, game yeah. one, 8.30 in the morning, two <laughs> minutes to go in the first half, you're down by 25 points. You're a one yep. seed. What was going through your mind? I mean, it was just um, – uh, it was – I was I was ready to I wasn't ready to lose, but I was just like, is this really happening? It was a, a it was a, an apparent possibility at that point. That's something we had to grasp. And uh, it, the whole time we were looking at the the whole bracket, we had the bracket ceremony. We're like, all right, who do we got to face? And that that bracket we had St. Francis in there. We had Indiana University East, and uh, even more tough people in that bracket. We I. I hate to say the cliche, cliche thing, but like we were looking ahead, and then um, but Coach E did actually say, "He's like, hey, this is a good team." And so uh, what what turned out happening was that team uh, they uh, they had a bunch of transfers come in, 
and they uh, they couldn't play the first half of the season, so they I think had six losses before Christmas that year, so they weren't anywhere near ranked, and they end up only losing one game after Christmas. So they barely made the tournament because they weren't ranked due to the first majority of the losses coming earlier in the year. And so there was a, they were actually a really good team, and then we uh, we didn't really know about that, and so we found ourselves down 25 at halftime. So well, that, we end up coming back and uh, making that, a great story out of it, but. That's interesting that you talk about that. Con- you know, that conference only gets one seed. And uh, yep. it does not get – it plays on the West Coast just like the Cascade Conference. But the Cascade Conference has, you know, a couple more marquee teams. So, you know, with Oregon yeah. Tech and College of Idaho. So they get a, a bit more press. But, you know, Oregon Tech went down to Pacific Union last year and lost yep. there in, in a year where they were the runner-up. So Pacific Union can play. Oh yeah, no, they uh, they brought the uh, the intensity. I remember they had a coach, one of the younger coaches, who uh, he was fired up on the sideline. He was hollering, and uh, they they brought their game. They weren't they weren't just there for the uh, just to say they made it to the national tournament. They wanted to win, and uh, we realized that real early. We got uh, they hit the first and second punch in the in the round. So no, that was actually uh, that was actually something I still look back on though as. Uh, something that says you got to play the whole game though because down 25 at halftime i think we were down 26 to 27 at one point and we ended up coming back and winning by 15 i think so well what was that halftime speech from coach elders like in that game i've heard that question asked many times so yeah that's actually one of my favorite coaching stories though is he didn't say a single thing he didn't say a single word in that whole halftime it was uh i remember uh our assistant coach said something and then uh we had great leaders that year that's one reason why we uh withstood that we had a third over a 31 season that year um we had a great leading point guard mike mclaughlin and uh another great leader uh shooting shooting forward that's cornerstone's record in threes the the whole time they were the ones talking and um they were just saying how we're not out of it and uh how We've uh, we beat teams by 50 that year. We can beat this team by 50 in the second half. We can come back on that. And we were never in that same position. But uh, we, I think one of the things they were saying was like, if they can put, they can beat us by 25 in this half. We can beat them by 45 in the next half. But we ended up. I remember. Uh, I think they scored the first two points, so we went down to 27, something along those lines. And then we went and uh, like next time I looked at the scoreboard, we were we were rolling, we were moving the ball and. Uh, I'm pretty sure we were down five, and um, a 20-point lead disappeared real quick. And um, yeah, so Coach Elders actually didn't say a single thing in that halftime. He, he he's still proud of it to this day. He'll still still tell anyone that well, didn't say a thing, and uh, we end up winning. That's a great story. That's a yeah. great story. Yeah. It was uh, one of the best, com- one of the most amazing comebacks I've ever watched. Sam, we're going to take yeah. a quick we're, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to you to talk about in your words what small college basketball and your time at Cornerstone has meant to you. Welcome back, Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D here with Sam Vanderslice, Cornerstone University All American. Uh, Sam, can you talk just for a minute about what small college basketball meant to you? What your time at Cornerstone has meant to you? Yeah, small college basketball to me, was just a platform for me to just use my uh, God-given talents and uh, to also make me into the man I am today. Like It was something that I look back on and I wonder where I'd be if I wasn't for college basketball. I mentioned earlier how I don't think I would have 
gone to college if it wasn't for basketball. I wouldn't have got my grades up my senior year of high school to to be able to get accepted even into Cornerstone, and now I'm a college graduate. So I, well, I don't know what future I was looking at without college basketball, but it's not just me. I think college basketball in general gives a, a platform that without it, there would be a big part of society that we're missing. Um, there's uh, a lot of people, it enables a lot of people to go to college like me, not just at Cornerstone, but different schools to get them a college education, help pay for it. And then, um, but also other people who've been able to go to NAI small college schools and move up or move down and um, just to showcase their God-given talents for sure. No, absolutely. And you know, that, as you know, that culture there at Cornerstone is is legendary. Mm-hmm. You have to know that you were you were part of something special in your years there. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's something that's still part of my life today. Um, last night, even we had our uh, our final alumni league basketball team, uh, basketball night. We uh, for the last six Mondays, we were just a bunch of alumni have just gotten together. Um, they drafted teams, and we've been playing against them. And last night with a tournament, it's something that we still talk about everyone talks about and last night was special because it was right after the first day of uh, practice for the current team so we were all sharing stories about how long practice used to be and how much more we had to run back in the day and how soft coach elders is getting now <laughs> and uh how we used to have to run uphill both ways right so those are those sort of stories and so um but yeah, it's something that I didn't exactly know until I got onto Cornerstone's campus about how um, how legendary the program is and uh, the alumni and the support that's still around and how um, the uh, the awareness for what Cornerstone does nationwide and uh, how we showcase it every year. And so it's uh, it's definitely something special to be a part of. So Sam, you talk about uh, practice starting for this year's current team. At the end of mm-hmm. this month, they're they're they've got their warm up games: Indiana Wesleyan and Spring Arbor. So, what's yeah, the outlook real this year? Games. Yeah, they're just jumping right into the fire there. So, what's the <laughs> outlook this year? What do you think? No, we we've always done that, and um, yeah, we always say uh, if you want to be the best, if you want to be well, it seems we got to beat the best. You can't just beat all of them. In, uh, small teams, the. Um, uh, mediocre teams and expect to be uh, one of the best teams. So it's uh, we've always been thrown into the fire, and um, uh, I, I enjoy that about Cornerstone. So, but this year's team, I, they're a lot, they're a lot different than the last uh, five years. For anyone who's watched Cornerstone, um, last five years it's been throw in the post and um, and uh, look inside out from a post player, and it's it's inside out. It's still one of our um, our key uh, things that Cornerstone teaches, but uh, I think it's going to be a lot more dribble drive this year, dribble drive to kick out to an open shooter and not so much um, moving off of a post player like old school basketball. Well, with four, with four starters coming back, they'll certainly have a great nucleus. Yeah, they sure do. And um, they, uh, a couple of people have always asked me, how are they going to be this year without some of their, a lot of their rebounding gone, a couple of their points gone. And uh, it's something that, uh is going to be just fine with that, I truly believe, because we, they asked that last year was uh, Kyle Stenga moving on, the greatest player probably to play at Cornerstone. Uh, uh, um, and uh, we uh, we still made the national tournament. We won conference, uh, should have won the conference tournament. And uh, sure, I wish we would have made it farther in the national tournament. But uh, 
I mean, we still had a very successful standard uh, or season by many people's standards. And, um, and I think uh, people ask that every year. We had um, two All-Americans move on the year before that, and we still made it to the national tournament. And uh, every year we've been losing uh, really good players, and we still keep making it back. So it's more of the culture thing at Cornerstone than anything else. No, absolutely. Uh, Coach Elders hasn't averaged 26 wins per year over the past 26 years by making it up as he goes along. Yeah, it's not like he's getting um, a new uh, Kyle Stenga every single year. Those players only come along every every now and then. He uh, he improves players every time, and uh, he he makes a culture that uh, it demands winning. It's, he, he's a uh, he's a winner through and through, and he won't uh, settle for anything less. So, Sam, how would you describe the personality of Cornerstone basketball? You know, every program has a personality. Yeah. Um, it's something that's been able to lead us to to be at the national tournament almost every year and make it um, make it back and uh, uh, compete for a national tournament every year. And it's we don't always have the most talented players. We've we've I'm sure uh, Oregon Tech has that too, and a different different teams have that. We've seen it too. Well, we just play uh, smarter than other talented more talented teams, and so that's what we um, we really uh, we really pride ourselves on, and just being an all around all-out competitive, and that's something we get from Coach E. Coach E will still, he'll still try and uh, he'll still try and uh, outwork you, even at his at his uh, young age of uh, of getting up there. But um, that's something we all uh, we all see in Coach E, and we try and adapt from him. And uh, I think it's the competitive, never never die mentality that makes Cornerstone who they are. Coach Elders, what what a what a legend. Uh, so Sam, yeah. what is what does life look like for you now without college basketball? Yeah, it's uh, it's different. I uh, I've been uh, talking with some of the guys, and it's been uh, I've been joking how I have to get myself back into shape now that uh, I don't have I don't have mandated workouts to do and all those things. It's a lot tougher, but no. Besides my physical shape, I'm actually I'm working in a workflow now. I had the opportunity to play overseas, and I decided not to. I uh, I think I've had my uh, my share of competitive organized basketball, and uh, I'm proud. Of, I ended on a good note last year. I if I miss it too much, I can always play overseas uh, next year. Kyle Stenga uh, took a year off and is now playing overseas, and so that's still an opportunity. But I I truly believe that I've had uh, I've had my share, and it's time to uh, join the work world. So that's that's uh, my boring life without basketball now. <laughs> Well, Sam, we, we certainly enjoy having you on. We enjoyed watching you. I know I've told you that a couple of different times I've run into you. I, I just always enjoyed watching you, the way you played the game. But thank you so much for taking time today. And we wish you luck uh, in your future without basketball. And, Sam, we're, we're hoping that throughout the season, as Cornerstone gets uh, hot and heavy into it there in the Wolverine-Hoosier Conference, might be able to bring you on and, and uh, you know, get your assessment of what's happening within the conference. Definitely, Bill. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm i not on the coaching staff this year or anything. I uh, Coach asked if I wanted to. I didn't want to ruin my – I wanted to finally have a free Saturday during the winter, but uh, I'll definitely have some insight into uh, Cornerstone. I'll, I'll definitely be around the guys for sure. Well, that sounds great. Sam, thank you again. Sam uh, Vanderslice, All-American from Cornerstone. Uh, thank you very much, Sam. Yeah, definitely, Bill. Thanks for having me.